Early on in everyone's life, we learn the importance of safety. In the construction industry, we underscore that safety is no accident. It is clear today that there are so many facets to safety. Not only do we have to understand safety on a job site related to the physical aspects, such as monitoring the movement of people in and out of job sites or ensuring that safety education is delivered regularly. But you must also create and sustain workplaces that are psychologically safe, where mental wellness is addressed openly without stigma, and where all members of the team are included and encouraged. So safety is much more than a harness or personal protective equipment. With us today on episode six of the Construction Leaders podcast is Stuart Binstock, the president and CEO of the Construction Financial Management Association, and one of the founding members of the Construction Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention. Stuart, it's great to see you again, and welcome to the show. Nick, nice to visit with you again. Uh, thank you for having me. Stuart, you've spoken with CMAA several times at a few of our conferences now, and the resounding response to it every time we speak and have you publicly speak to the membership is that everyone agrees that safety on the job site and within construction teams is crucial factor for all project success. But what made CFMA get involved into the topic of suicide prevention? First of all, Nick, I want to applaud CMAA because you had me on a panel about a year ago and you titled it something along the lines of an expanded definition of safety. And that included mental health as well. So uh, I applaud you for having your perspective on this and heading people into a broader definition. We got involved about seven or eight years ago when one of our members, Cal Byer, co-wrote an article with a woman who's very involved in this field, Sally Spencer Thomas. They wrote an article on suicide prevention, and the editor of our magazine, Christy Domboski, came in to me and said, this is not a typical CFMA article that we would put in our Building Profits magazine. What do you think we should do? We kind of stared at each other and said, well, let's print it and see what happens. And we really never understood when we did that the impact that that article was going to have on the industry. We had a tsunami of activity after that article was written. We have something called the Connection Cafe, where our members communicate with one another, ask questions. The conversation about mental health and suicide prevention exploded. And so that was really our initial foray. And then shortly thereafter, the Center for Disease Control came out with a study that listed construction as having the highest incident rate of suicide of all industries in the United States. The two of those activities combining is really what set us in motion uh, into this activity. And Stuart, why do you think that is? I've, I mean, I've read the same statistic and, and I saw it on your website that construction is, has the highest suicide rate of any industry. So what do you think contributes to that? And do you think that it points to a larger mental health crisis in the industry? Well, let's talk about the facts first, which is what is the nature of the problem in the industry? So I have, I'm sorry, there's kind of some old data, but it's 2018. And in 2018, the OSHA keeps statistics on something called the fatal four, the four things that happen on a work site that have led to fatalities. And in 2018, they had 1,008 construction work fatalities because of these fatal four. That same year, there were 5,242 construction workers who died by suicide. So that kind of, I think, puts an understanding of the severity of the problem. So why do we have that problem? Well, there's a whole bunch of demographic explanations to this. White men from their early 20s through 50s account for the bulk of suicides. 
Construction is obviously a male-dominated industry. Male-dominated industries tend to have more suicides. 97.4% of the U.S. construction workforce is male. So it's not surprising from a demographic standpoint. But then there's some other elements specific to construction. You know, there's this stoic, tough guy culture. So you don't talk about pain. You don't talk about injuries. So therefore, you don't address them. There's family separation and isolation when a lot of contractors travel outside of their boundaries and they do, their employees are traveling and they're in isolation. That's not good for anyone. Sleep disruption, deprivation due to shift work, uh, seasonal layoffs. There's a fairly tolerant culture of two things that lead to big problems, alcohol, substance abuse, and lethal weapons. And then it's the industry with the highest use of prescription opioids. So you put all that together, and that's a recipe for some serious mental health problems. So are there warning signs that supervisors or other employees like peers on the job site should be looking for or something that we could suggest an employee has a possible problem and the solutions for those? Yeah, there are really uh, two sets of uh, warning signs. One is kind of a general, and then there's some specific to construction. So feeling sad or depressed most of the time, seeing someone who feels that way, talk about feeling trapped or wanting to die, extreme mood swings, increased use of alcohol or drugs, feeling hopeless and helpless, sleeping too much or too little. Those are all kind of general signs. But in the construction industry, specifically looking at decreased productivity, increased conflict among coworkers, this is one that I think people should be very careful. Near hits, incidents, and injuries, uh, decreased problem-solving ability, and increased tardiness and absenteeism. So those are all very effective warning signs to look at to see if there's a problem. So then what happens when you do see those warning signs? You know, maybe it's another employee, maybe it's a supervisor. I would imagine it's a sensitive situation and you have to approach the person in a certain way. And so how do you do that? How do you go about doing that? Well, I'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, some of the mechanisms that companies can use are a lot of companies, not all, but a lot of companies have employee assistance plans. I'm told all EAPs are not created equal. There are some that are much better than others. So as an employer, it would be important to look at your EAP, find out whether it's effective, whether you know it's going to be able to help people. But they do say, if you are with someone who is talking about dying by suicide, uh, that you don't leave them alone, that you wait until, and you connect them with someone, uh, but don't leave them alone. And then how do you respond? There's an acronym they use in the mental health area. It's called TASC, T-A-S-C. Tune in for T when you notice or sense that a person may need help. Focus your attention on them. Ask. Ask if they are thinking about suicide clearly, directly, calmly, and without judgment. This is one that I thought was interesting as a non-mental health professional. I thought you would never ask that directly. You wouldn't want to kind of give someone the idea of that. But apparently, mental health folks say that you should ask directly about that. Then the state, state that uh, suicide is serious and connecting the health is important. And then connect, connect the person to a helping resource who knows suicide and first aid skills. So I want to go back to a comment you made just a second ago about a near accident that happens on a job site because that speaks kind of near and dear to what construction managers do when they walk a job site is to identify those kinds of things that are happening. And you said that that is something that is probably needs to be more prominent in 
things that are noticed as potential issues. Can you speak a little bit more to that and elaborate a little bit by what you mean about that? Well, it's, I think if you see someone who's been, let's say, he's been a productive and uh, you know positive worker in your job site, and then all of a sudden you start to see, let's say, they're driving a forklift and they you know they almost run over somebody, or they go in the wrong direction, or they do something that's you know different from what they've done in the past, then I think that's a warning sign that there's maybe something there. Now, not necessarily. 100% determinative, but it's a factor, like a lot of other factors that I mentioned that you want to look at and you want to consider and maybe ask some questions of the person in the workforce where you're seeing that activity. That makes sense. Thank you. And so why should construction managers be focused on this? Obviously, it's important, right? And everyone should be focused on on this topic. But from the construction manager perspective, why should this be of concern to them? Well, it's an industry-wide problem. First of all, so a lot of times we talk about the labor workforce, but we're hearing there are construction managers, there are project managers, there are other people in the industry who are, are dealing with mental health issues. This is not limited just to your labor workforce. So it's an industry-wide problem, and really all different elements of the industry are dealing with this. I, I think finally we realize as a society, this is also a societal problem. We've talked about it for many years, and I think we were kind of leaders in this about it being a construction industry problem, but it's really a nationwide problem. Mental health, you see a lot of conversation about it now, much more than you used to. So it impacts everybody. It could impact CMs just as much as it could impact anybody else on the workforce. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, the Construction Manager Certification Institute. Today's ANSI-accredited Certified Construction Manager brings professionalism to the project and provides leadership by unifying architects, general contractors, engineers, and facility managers to successfully complete the project. The CCM is familiar with the latest techniques and technologies of construction, from prefabrication to building information modeling. He or she thoroughly understands sustainable design and construction, how projects are financed, and how risks can be minimized and effectively shared. The Certified Construction Manager is a communicator, a facilitator, a problem solver, a professional leader. Certified Construction Managers have the proven knowledge and experience to deliver all these values for every project. Make the CCM part of your strategy for success. For more information on the Certified Construction Manager, please visit cmcertification.org. Well, let's talk about the companies that are listening to this and the people that are our audience that want to take this information back to help resolve this issue within the industry. How can companies measure suicide prevention and preparedness as part of their culture? So I would refer to the Construction Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention website. It's preventconstructionsuicide.com. On that website, you will find a needs analysis and implementation tool. This has been developed by CIASP to aid companies in evaluating how they address mental health and suicide prevention in the workplace. It will also help determine how prepared they are, their employee and their employees are to handle a mental health or suicide crisis. So it's, it's a basically a questionnaire. And after you fill out the questionnaire, it gives you kind of a scorecard of where you are, what you need to work on, what you need to improve, maybe areas where you're, you're doing the right thing or maybe you just need a little more push in certain areas. That sounds like a really great resource available on the website. Are there any other resources that you'd like to tell our listeners about available on the website? There are a whole bunch. 
the uh, website has grown enormously. You know, there's kind of the basics, get informed, uh, help you understand what, some of what we talked about, why construction is the most at risk industry for suicide. There's some training programs on there that some are free and some are a very nominal fee, online training programs that teach people what to look for and how to connect someone to help. You can take a brief anonymous online screening to check in on one's behavioral health and uh, look to local resources, work toward recovery. We talked about this assessment tool. So there's a whole host of resources available on the website. It does have toolbox talks on psychological safety topics. So that's very, very helpful for a company. You can print and distribute wallet cards with warning signs. You can hang posters. So there's just so many resources available on this website. And this is such a sensitive topic because, you know, nobody wants that as the end result. And to hear that it's so high in this, what do you think that the construction industry can do to lower that rate? Well, it's all about awareness. And that's really the CISP website is all about raising awareness. So in our mind, if you raise awareness and you open up the conversation, you know, about a year ago, Engineering News Record, their lead article on the, the cover page was on mental health. All of this is about awareness and starting the conversation. So that's really the key. I will tell you one very positive development I've seen uh, is Sally Spencer Thomas has an organization and they're having a conference at the end of this month and they're giving out awards in this area. They're giving them out to construction companies who are working hard to deal with this issue, with unions that are dealing with this issue, with associations. and there were 49 submissions in the different categories, which I thought was fantastic. If you did this six or seven years ago, I don't think you would have had a single submission. So in six or seven years, we had 49 different organizations apply to win an award. That doesn't speak at all to all the other organizations and companies and associations that are doing great work in this area. But I think that's kind of a, an interesting barometer of how much this has changed in the last 10 years. And I know that there's a lot of different dynamics on the board of trustees for CISP, including union workers, healthcare industry. Uh, so there, it's all over the map. I want to encourage people who are listening again, uh, Stuart, I want you to provide that website one more time, but I also want to make sure that doing things like inviting CISP to have these conversations with folks like this on the, their podcasts, their websites, their conferences like CMA has been doing is a huge step forward to also contribute to raise that awareness level. But do you mind giving us yeah. that website one more time? Sure. Yeah, it's all about awareness, Nick. PreventConstructionSuicide.com. And to follow up on what Nick was saying, you know, what are some other ways that folks can become more involved in CIASP? Well, they could certainly contribute. That's, uh, you know, financial contributions. It is run on a, a shoestring. It's all basically volunteer. Uh, we started CIASP about five or six years ago when we realized we couldn't do this alone. Uh, we wanted to get the entire industry involved. But CISP is largely uh, supported by voluntary contributions. There are companies that have taken the pledge to stand up for suicide prevention. So a company can do that. You'll see that on the website. You can take the pledge to stand up for suicide prevention. You could host a suicide prevention toolbox talk. You can take advantage of the education I mentioned. It's, it's called a Living Works Program. It's discounted education. You can take five minutes to talk about suicide prevention and mental health during your monthly meetings. So there are a host of things that people can do. The thing that's difficult for everybody is oftentimes we'll hear, 
where do I start? The answer is get started, do something and it'll grow. I believe I saw on the website something too about a champions program. Is there anything you can give us about that program as well? We at TFMA, we have a chapter champions program. I'd encourage other associations to look into doing that. So what we do is we have, I think about 40 of our chapters have someone identified as a chapter champion. And they're there to kind of coalesce the chapter into talking about the topic, either bringing in speakers, supporting CIASP, a whole variety of ways in which they could be chapter champions. Great. Talk to me about the evidence that the situation is improving in the construction industry. So you talked about the data from 2018. Uh, have you seen any signs of improvement? I don't think we have any empirical data to show that the rate is down, but I guess I would refer to the point I made about the 49 companies that have made efforts to apply for an award. I think that to me is, you know, it's not direct one-to-one. -one. We Therefore, we've reduced the suicide rate. But I think if you believe that awareness is the key to solving this problem or reducing this problem, because we'll never totally solve it, but reducing this problem, then that is evidence that awareness has increased dramatically. So I, I'm very pleased about that data that suggests that it is much more of a commonplace conversation than it ever was, certainly six or seven years ago. That's really great news. That's that's good to hear. Well, word on the street, Stuart, is that you're retiring here very shortly. So congratulations. Thank you. So looking back on your career and all the things that you've worked on and different initiatives with CFMA, where would you rank this suicide prevention initiative in all of that? I have to say it's the, at the very, very top. You know, six or seven years ago when we started this, it was not in CFMA's strategic plan. It was nowhere on our radar. And then we had this article, we saw the activity and the reaction of the industry, and we realized we had hit on a nerve that we didn't even know existed. And I think one of the reasons why this was so important to us is the mantra I've always used is, what is your most valuable resource as a construction company? It's your people. And if your people are your most valuable resource, shouldn't you be doing everything you can to make them as productive, effective, and also whole human beings? And the answer is yes. And so for us, which what at first seemed to be an anomaly, something that really didn't fit into our portfolio, became very clear. And we got universal acceptance from everyone in our association that this was the right thing to do. And I think it's a great example of, you know, you can have all your plans, but sometimes you throw them out the window because you realize you missed something. There's something way more important. And I'm very proud of how we pivoted when we saw this. We didn't shy away from it. We addressed it. And we've been full on for the last six or seven years on this topic. Well, I could say we really appreciate the work that you've done on the initiative. Thank you. And we really appreciate you joining us for the podcast. Thank you so much, Stuart, for being here to talk about this really important topic. As mentioned, to find more about CFMA's Suicide Prevention Program, visit preventconstructionsuicide.com. On the next episode of the Construction Leaders Podcast, Nick and I will be joined by three panelists, Barbara Reynolds with Parsons, Carol Holland with Dewberry, and Doreen Bartolis with Jacobs to talk about their experiences as women working in the construction space. Make sure to download or subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at CMAA underscore HQ. And don't forget to leave us a review with your thoughts on today's episode and let us know what you'd like to hear on an upcoming episode. 
On behalf of CMAA, I'm Carly Trout with Nick Soto. Thanks for listening.